Hello and welcome to episode 445 of Film Bastards. This is weird. We are recording on a Monday. We never record on a Monday. Um, <laughs> it's like it's like when a football match is on like a fucking Thursday. It's like and it's yeah. not Europa League. Like what's going on? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's weird, but it's cool. We are um, easing our way into our weeks. Um, it won't be Monday when you is hit there this. Something else I can help with? No, Siri. Um, my name is Ian Loring, and as always, I'm joined by... Matt Foster. Hello, everybody. Hello, indeed. Becky is uh, en route. She will be with us at some point through the show. Uh, coming up on this week's show, quite an eclectic double-banger of a review, this. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, we've got Disney Plus's... Uh, Chippendale Rescue Rangers, a film which, pre the trailer coming out, you would never think we were going to fucking review, but here we are. Um, <laughs> and we're going to have a catch-up review of the Blumhouse-produced Zephron starring Firestarter. Um, we'll also talk some news. We've got we've got some trailers. My word, have we got some trailers? Um, like fucking cinema is fucking back and slapping you in in the face with its big old dick. Yeah. Um, and uh, I've I've got a, a few what we watched. I'm sure uh, there'll be a few what we watched for the group. Um, and yeah, uh, Pod Syndicate podcast. We are. Uh, also, his film, her movie, the Iron Sequel, Chinstroker versus Punter, Entertainment Landfill, and the Rewatch Project. Uh, listen to all those fine feathered podcasts and support our fine feathered friends. And on the Patreon uh, this week, we are going to be concluding our "I'd Buy That for a Bastard" marathon as uh, we take a look at Paul Verhoeven's last to date English language uh, American produced film. The skeezy hollow man. <laughs> it's so skeezy. It is so skeezy. We will get into it. We've not recorded that yet, and I am fucking looking forward to recording that one, I must say. Um, but we have an entire bastards bastards to record first. So, what has been going on in the movie news world this week? Can is happening, and protesters seem to be flocking to can uh like flies to poop uh there yeah. have been two red carpet protests so far um doesn't necessarily seem like it's particularly targeted at the the, the festival more yeah. than it's just a big stage for these things to happen yep um and yeah the I mean, a can. I suppose we'll talk about that really with um, with trailers because there's been some uh, kind of can related tra- trailer content. Um, but it seems to be a re- like film wise, like relatively subdued one so far. Like Crimes of the Future plays today as we record. Yes, it does. Um, so I'm looking forward to uh, hearing more about that film. I have to see at some point. <laughs> yeah. the po- th- that new poster for it. It's very upsetting. It is, isn't it? All the ears. 
Yeah. Yeah, don't like it. Not Kill not, it with fire. Yeah. It, 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 I can't I can't quite put my finger on why it made me feel weird, but it made me feel weird. Because <laughs> ears shouldn't be on those body parts. It, it, it is a little bit like that, I think, yeah. I, I'm, a, I'm a little bit like... I, how many of those work? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think many of those ears work. Don, Donna is uh, working in the hallway uh, down by me, and I, I don't think she's paying attention. Um, no, she she just looks. She is. Um, I bet she, it's just Crimes of the Future is not going to be a date film. I'll say I'll say that for for free. It very much is not. Jesus wept. It's it. I I don't want it to be an Ian film. Um. <laughs> It's like it's like it's designed to make you uncomfortable, <laughs> mate. Like just, uh, I mean, fair play to Neon for that marketing because they are doing well, a job. They're building some really good buzz, aren't they? I mean, but just it just in terms of like, what the fuck is this? All right then, fine. Yeah, that's it. I, I, if you'd have said to me Cronenberg is releasing a new film this year, I'd have been like, "All right, I'll look forward to catching that on like a streaming service that it's going to end up on." I didn't think it'd be like, "No, in like a few weeks, I'm going to be able to go and see it in a cinema." <laughs> yep, yep. Um, you know, Donna's just texted me saying an Ian film like Fifty Shades of Grey or Magic Mike. Um, <laughs> no, Don. Um, just watch uh, the trailer for Crimes of the Future on YouTube and you'll see exactly why it's not a me film. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm saying that purely to give you some context. You shouldn't watch that trailer. <laughs> okay. Um, but, oh, my word. Um, yeah, so Crimes of the Future. Jesus fucking Christ. Um... For some reason, my Skype connection is absolutely fine, but I can't get on either Deadline or The Hollywood Reporter. Um, which is weird. Because there, there have been a couple of, like, um, can film deals that have gone through. Um, Netflix, uh, if memory serves, is spending $50 million of money they apparently don't have uh, on something... Uh, but I can't remember what it is. Let me get my fucking phone. What is going on with my Wi-Fi where I can hold a Skype conversation, but it won't load a web page? Hmm. You still there? I am indeed. Oh, he's gone. Oh, no, I'm here. I'm here. Well, it was going to give up at some point. I am still right. here. Oh, he is still there. Okay, yes. all right. I'm going to look this up now. Right, so what have we got? So I'm now on the Wi-Fi on my phone, and that is loading uh, deadline. I don't know what the hell is going on here. Could we... No, I don't want to know how long the runtime for the Stranger Things episodes are. Um, do you not because everybody wants to tell you (laughs) fuck all all I will say is I'm glad I stopped watching that fucking show because fuck that 
Um, I got I got one episode into it to around a Becky, um, and she went, "What do you think?" I was like, "I don't want to watch anymore." <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, right choice, right choice. I, um, I, do you know what? I, I, I'm sure it's great, and a lot of people seem to like it, but I just I did not care. <laughs> yeah, I absolutely. I watched uh, the first season. I think I watched the first episode of season two and was just yeah done. Um, God damn it! Right here we go. Oh no, fuck! I had it then. Bloody hell! Deadline with all your pop-ups, you big twat. Right. So David Yates, the director of the Secrets of Bimble Bomb, um, oh, yeah. is directing Pain Hustlers, uh, starring Emily Blunt. Um. Said to be tonally similar to the big short American Hustle and The Wolf of Wall Street. Centres on a high school dropout dreaming of a better life for her and a young daughter who lands a job with a failing pharmaceutical startup. Um, uh, and she soon finds herself at the centre of a criminal conspiracy with deadly consequences. I'll watch that. Yep. Um, it just it makes me laugh that Netflix are like, yeah, we're losing subscribers, but here's $50 million. <laughs> Yeah, I I think they're big things. I mean, that, that, that's that's another bit of news there, isn't it? Netflix apparently going to release the Knives Out sequels in cinemas, and it, it just it makes all the sense in the world. Oh, yeah. I mean, I saw today that the the the, the Grey Man they're giving a one week theatrical exclusive window to as well. Mm. And do you know what? I'll go and see that in cinema because it just... it, it, it's one where I look at it and go. If that had landed on Netflix, had it been on at the cinema, I'd have gone. Well, I'd have gone at the cinema to see that. This is the thing, right? So, like the 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 difference with Knives Out is the fact they're saying that like it could be like a forty five day window. The the people who want to see it in those first forty five days, they go to the cinema, they spend the money, Netflix bank that money. The yep. people who aren't that bothered about it will just watch it after the for, after the forty five days, like they would have watched it the same day as it coming out in the fucking cinema. Yeah, it just it comes it, out and it just comes out. It, it it's almost like people will complain, but it's like no 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 no. This is exactly what what you want because if if, if let's say this isn't like when the Batman came out and then forty five days later it, it 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 came out to rent and to buy. This is getting released in a cinema a month and a half later is dropping on your streaming service. That's for me. That's the perfect world. I am fine yep. with that. And if if studios can go, do you know what? We're not going to make um, seven eight hundred million dollars on this one fucking movie. But what we are going to be able to do is maybe make one hundred fifty two hundred million dollars, and we're getting that six streaming dollar coming through the what is it through the door. And it. It just it makes the film more of an event. The, the the thing is, for a while, the whole this film is like the, it's going to be out on Netflix, like the first day it's out anywhere. That had a hook to it for a mm. while, but now people are so used to that that it's just like yeah, all right, that that's on cool, I suppose. What putting films in the cinema 
post-COVID, the box office results are, you know, are showing that it does create a demand for that when it then comes out on a streaming service. It gives it more of a desirability because it was like, oh shit, that was out in the cinema and now now it's at home. Mm. You know, it it, it it just it makes all the sense in the world. All the sense in the world. And the thing the Grey Man, even though it's only a week exclusive, I'm looking I'm looking forward to that. I mean it's Ryan Gosling and Chris Evans. I'll go see that in the cinema the week before it comes out. The showcase by me will play it. They usually play the Netflix exclusive stuff. I'll happily pay some money to go see that. <laughs> but Knives Out too, having a forty five day window like that is going to make bank. Yeah. If Netflix in their marketing are absolutely clear saying in cinemas like I don't know, November first on Netflix December fifteenth, people will go, Oh shit, alright, let's go out to the cinema to see it. But they need to make that clear in the marketing. Because if you put the Netflix logo in there and don't make that clear, people are just gonna go, I'll watch that on Netflix. But then I think a lot of the people there will just watch it on Netflix on the date that it arrives on Netflix. Sorry, say that again. I, I don't think they're going to be. I, I don't think people as much pay attention to the dates that it arrives on Netflix. They just wait for Netflix to tell them when it's there. Mm. Uh, I mean, to be fair, Netflix do a good job of telling you that something's there. If it was on Amazon Prime. You'd have to, I don't know, buy some washing powder and then it would send you a notification three days later that if you type in the title of the film but with an E instead of an R, then you'll see it fourth <laughs> result down. Yeah. I mean, just quickly on Amazon, right? Amazon bought fucking MGM, literally. Or, yeah, Amazon bought MGM. It seems like with the sole purpose of just having the Bond movies and being able to have those, and then when, uh we'll fucking we'll just we'll just we'll drop them on a Tuesday. All of them could just go on fucking Prime on a Tuesday. All right, that's fucking cool. In four K. No. Why? I don't know. So you have a reason. No. But but. But they're already actually on there on four K. That if people want to rent them or anything like that, surely we just we we just take away the rental thing and it's just it's just there. No, don't do that. It just it's baffling that that I'm looking at it now. No time to die, and it's not in four (laughs) K. I mean, it's making me feel better about having the entire James Bond collection on iTunes. I'll say that. It just... I, I don't... I don't get it. I can watch Mamma Mia the movie in 4K. I can watch... Really? On, on Amazon Prime. <laughs> <laughs> right? I can... Fuck it. I can watch Sing 2 in 4K on Amazon Prime. Right. But not no time to die. That's but fucking not the Bond films. That's mad. And I, oh god, like they they were like four uh, K masters done like a decade ago, and they they look great. Um, but yeah, they they did them a while back, but they do look good. That's crazy. Um, <laughs> what a world! There you go, four K. Fuck 
fuck's sake. Um, did you see the big announcement from Cannes that I thought would have you fucking jazzed? I don't think Ooh. we've even talked about this in WhatsApp. Which one's that? Law-abiding sequel. Uh, Law-abiding sequel. Uh, <laughs> Law-abiding citizens go. getting a sequel. Is it? Fucking yeah. hell. I, I mean, you know when they say it's the sequel nobody asked for? It is the sequel nobody asked for, but loads of people will be, ooh. <laughs> I, yeah. I, it, but isn't it, though? Yeah. Fucking hell. I, that, that film is just a, a perfection of, of... But hang on a minute. What? <laughs> Moments within it that does not care at all about any of those... Well, wait a minute. <laughs> Moments. It's really easy for him to break out of prison. The fact that he goes, I'm going to kill everyone. It's like, that's really unspecific, Gerard. Like, everyone who? Just everyone. <laughs> isn't it... I uh, Forgive me if I'm getting this twisted, but isn't it that he sneaks in and out of prison? Yeah. Via a toilet. Yeah, that's so it. He, he yeah. just goes... Fucking he just, he just opens... He just... He just, he just I fucking unpicks the toilet and then just goes out the back and there's a little walkway from a fucking walk down. <laughs> like, let the, let the prison system haven't gone. You know that tunnel that's behind the fucking plumbing? Yeah. Should we put a camera down there? Nah. <laughs> Be fine. It, it, yeah. It, I mean, good on Gerard Butler, though, because he's got this little cottage industry of, like, surprise sequels. Like, Greenland's apparently getting a sequel. Den of Thieves mm. is getting a sequel. Um, and it just Den of Thieves is getting a sequel for the simple fact is that apparently it was in the top ten um, watch movies on Netflix for fourteen months running. <laughs> but I mean, I, it is like a Netflix film, yeah, like utterly fucking disposable, pretty enjoyable, like that. That's the kind of fucking Netflix original content I want to see. The, the thing is, Gerard Butler might not get too many people to the cinema. A Gerard Butler Certificate 15 film might not get it enough for what they would consider, you know, that's going to be fucking foolproof, we're going to make bank on that no matter what, to the cinema. He might not. But those motherfuckers who will go, I, know, I can't be asked to go to the cinema or cinema's got way too expensive now, or whatever, will Netflix go bang on a Saturday night? Yeah, I'll watch that. Oh, yeah. You know, without wanting to bring it down to being too trite, um, the guy will go, ooh, action, and the girl will go, ooh, Gerard Butler. But, you know, as ridiculous as it sounds, that is true. What well, I... I... I mean, the thing is, though, like, in your household, Bex is going, ooh, action and Gerard Butler. Mm. Yeah. And I'm going, ooh, action and Gerard Butler. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, there is that as well. He'd take you you for a ride. I I still haven't watched Den of Thieves, and it feels like an incredibly me movie. Yeah, hang on. Yeah. Um... You very, very need... It's it's like someone shit tried to remake Heat. 
<laughs> that sounds great. I mean, but that that but there is there is some joy to that though. Like that that's the thing. Yeah, if if so, if that was on the poster and it just said "Dead of Thieves," and the tagline was just a shitty heat. I reckon lots of people would have gone to see it. Just call it sheet S H E A T. I am going to watch that at some point in the next couple of weeks. I, 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 yeah, I, yeah, I feel that's a very, that's a, a very Mark film. Maybe not quite as vibey as Bex watching in the Mouth of Madness. Maybe. Yeah. But I don't know. That yeah. that was just absolute kismet. That was. But um, oh yeah, that 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 that, that was planets alive. <laughs> Yeah, 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 straight up. Um, ah, good. Um, okay, so. Um, I kind of don't want to talk trailers without Bex. I don't cause... think she'll have a chance to watch it yet. Oh, shit. Can we get a live... Mm, we need we to get do. some live reactions out of her for it. I think I think we can talk We can talk it now and then we'll get some live reactions out of her when she watches it. So, yeah. Okay, yeah, let's just... Okay, let's keep this trainer rolling then. So, uh, trailers. Let's... I mean, obviously, there's, there's been others as well. So, but just before I start uh, started recording, I watched the trailer for Moon Age Daydream. Oh, yes, yeah. I will watch that in IMAX if it's available to me. I love that they're putting that on in IMAX. Yes. It, it, it feels, yeah, and the same. It, it's like, go on then. <laughs> if if they're going with an immersive cinematic experience and it's for, and it's Bowie, yeah, yeah. Let's I I, I IMAX being I'm a, I'm a I'm a little worried about I IMAX diluting its brand by being applied to too many things, but. If it, if there's a reason for it in the material, and it kind of feels like maybe there is going to be with Moon Age Daydream, because apparently it's like animated sequences and things as well, then mm. absolutely let's go. Um, I think there's an element the... of IMAX are wanting to go, look, we're not just for blockbusters, we can do spectacle as well. And the fact that um, with, from what I assume, uh, from, from what I've, I've read... With the the fact that they had to make completely new IMAX cameras for Tenet, it's made it easier now for other films to shoot in IMAX. Yeah, and I mean it, it's even like they don't necessarily like even this. This is the thing. It's like with IMAX, you can have films that are in IMAX but don't actually shoot with IMAX cameras, and they mm. just like open the mat. And have and and have that like um I went to see that um uh, anime Bell, and they had that in IMAX, but none of it was actually the full IMAX framing. Um, but it was, it like this trailer said, it was immersive, like the whole kind of like cyber world of it. It really pulled you into that, and I could see why they used IMAX for that. Um, and it's like I want that with Moon Age Daydream as well. It's like. Let's kind of get into the mind of David Bowie for a couple of hours, and that feels like something that could almost require IMAX. Yeah, that's it. It it it, it adds. It just adds a different tone to the experience. I think. Yeah, for sure. It's um, 
and you know, obviously, like the the estate are supportive of this one. Um, mm. Obviously, from the trailer, um, so it it, and this is the thing. It's like with Bowie, I'm not necessarily in, all that interested in a kind of like a warts and all kind of thing. It's just like if it's like just a documentary about the effect of the man and like the effect he had on people. Um, yeah, cool. You know, let's, let's, let's do that. Um, I'm, yeah, looking forward to it. It feels like it's not going to be a traditional documentary and that makes me feel kind of better about it. Not like having the full cooperation of the estate. Yeah, apparently it, it, it's very much not a biopic or a documentary. It's kind of an experience. Mm. Cool. Sounds fucking brilliant. So yep. that that will be with us later this year, I think. I think it is, yeah. Um. Okay, what else have we got? Noel is very ticked off about some football manager being interviewed. I'm guessing, um, I'm guessing it's Ten Hard. Oh shit! Yeah, all right. Um, right. What? Uh, what else have you got, bud? Um, what else have I got? I, I, I have actually missed a couple, I think, but I have actually also caught a couple. Um, I watched the resurrection trailer that we missed last week. Um, yeah, that, was <laughs> yeah, it. that yeah. looks creepy as fuck. <laughs> um, yeah, it looks intense. Yes. Um, pray. Uh, yeah. Um, I keep forgetting this movie exists. <laughs> oh, oh, just want to get why this movie exists. <laughs> just want to get a little bit ranty for just a second. Go on. So when this ca- this trailer came out, people were just like, "I can't believe this is a Hulu original." Like, you know, people want to see Predator films on the big screen. Look up the grosses of the last two Predator films. Now, I, I I absolutely am in that same boat. If I could watch this in the cinema, I would watch this in the cinema. But mm-hmm. being, I can't believe they're doing this, is fucking myopic. It's not, yep. I can't believe they're doing this. It's, I don't want them to do this. And that, that are two very different things. These films have some pulp culture significance, but they don't make money. No. The, and it, the, the yeah. fact is, I think that if you look at it, the I would I would hazard to guess to say that I think the the only Predator movie that, that has made money, a, a significant amount of money, was Predator. Predator 2 lost money. Predators made a little bit of money. Um, and it did Predator, like fifty million domestic in the US. The Predators, yeah, but it, it made one hundred and twenty, just like one hundred thirty worldwide. That even even in like even in like twenty ten, that's not a barnstormer. No, it's definitely not. Not off a budget of like sixty million. So it, it probably just just about broke even. And the Predator um, probably just lost money. 160 million. And that was heavily marketed. 
Yeah, it, it was. And I mean, just like Shane Black coming off of Nice Guys and Kiss Kiss Bang Bang doing that. And that that film, it, I, I, you know, you can almost guarantee was not Shane Black's fault. Like, that got away no. from everybody in, in, in post-production. Um, but th- th- this is the thing. So, Prey, if it's a relatively... If, it, if it's a conservatively budgeted film, never mind. It's, you know, the people in, like, front... Like, the foundation of America being hunted by the Predator. It's yep. the Predator versus fucking bows and arrows and sticks. Which is a great concept, but also one that probably doesn't need to cost a lot of money. And this is probably pretty low risk for Disney. Yep. It, 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 it's interesting enough that I will watch it. Um, but I'm a little bit like, but I'm very much like, but why? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know, but I mean, at least it's a different angle on it. Yeah, and... that's it. I, I, I'm more interested in that than if it was just another, that, that it, it was just another job in director doing a really bad Predator sequel. Yeah, yeah, no, that, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Dan Trachtenberg is interesting. He's only made the one film so far, um, but he's done other things. I quite, I quite, I remember quite enjoying Ten Cloverfield Lane. I only watched it the once. Um, yeah, I remember enjoying it, thinking there was definitely something there, but it, it, it kind of, it, I think it was let down by the fact that they tacked it on as been a Cloverfield movie after it. I'm gonna, I. I I've only watched it the once in the cinema, and yet I I own it on on iTunes. I, I think I'm going to stop saying iTunes now because iTunes basically doesn't exist. It's more Apple TV. Um, yeah, I own it on so, Apple. Sorry, yeah, uh, yeah. I think that makes more sense. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it before Prey. Um, and it's yeah, I, I would I would very much like to see this in the cinema, but I'd like to see a lot of films in the cinema that I I'm not able to see in the cinema these days. Um, and it, but I understand the financial whys of it all. Mm. You know, would you so. would you like to see Spiderhead in the cinema? Sure. I mean, not if it was day, not with if it was day and date on Netflix, but I mean, it is mental that Joe. Joseph Kaczynski has two <laughs> films coming out in the space of like three weeks, but ob- obviously the situation is what the situation is. He is a great visual director. Yeah. Um. Uh, this looks like it's maybe a bit like kind of like lower budget, but you say to me, Joseph Kaczynski, would I like to see one of his, his films in the cinema? I would say yeah. Because that's Just. it. it, it, it he's <laughs> with this one, with this one. Yeah, because you're looking, going. This looks super, like you say, low key. It it feels very shot in COVID times. What can we do? Because we're all bored and we want to do something, but we can't go to too many places. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to that era of filmmaking fucking off. And, yeah. 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 Like that um 
that bloody um, Jesse Plemons, Jason Siegel uh, oh. one that okay, Windfall, Windfall, something like that, yeah. Which like people were just like, yeah, it kind of feels like they just made a film because they were bored, <laughs> and like there, there has been that energy to a few films lately, and you you know you 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 kind of understand why, but say say what you will about the ills of um. What was that that Michael Bay produced one? Was it called Songbird? Yes. So, yeah, say what you will about that. I don't know. It had a guy running about outside. I mean, it, actually, do you know what? A better example, Ambulance. Mm. You know, obviously, like, Bay had a budget, but also conspicuous lack of people walking about in that film. <laughs> you know, like, that... that that was made in COVID times and Bay almost going like, right, it's fucking playtime. The streets are ours. You <laughs> yeah, know. Yeah. Can I close this street down? Yeah, why not? Brilliant. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> a car hasn't driven down here in the last week and a half, mate. Go ahead. Um, how many drones have you got? 1,200. Cool. <laughs> I'm looking forward to watching Ambulance again, I tell you what. I, I very much um, am, yeah. Yeah, man. but I mean, so yeah, this just looks COVID-y. Yes, it it's does, just, doesn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it's, that, that's it. It looks. You look at it going, oh, yeah. There, there are eight people made that movie. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm half expecting one of the actresses to come back out in like a blonde wig that's slightly askew at one side and just they hope nobody notices. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, Oh, man. But I I don't know. I mean, like the concept of it looks interesting enough. I like it when Chris Hemsworth plays smart. Yeah. And he does like that, that quirky, charming bit that he can do. Yeah. Yeah, um, you know, uh, Miles Teller, I mean, it's cool that Kaczynski's using him again, so obviously they got along, which isn't always the case with Miles Teller. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see there. Yeah, I don't know. That's it. It's just under two hours long. I'm all right with that. <laughs> Fine. Comes out like maybe the week before um, Hustle. I believe so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's looking forward to that. I think that's going to slap. Um, I haven't watched the three thousand years of longing trailer. Have you? You haven't. I haven't watched it. No. All I right. Don't, I don't know what Go. I can. Do it, do it now. Do it. Do a live commentary while you I, watch I, it. Go I'll on. Do a live commentary. I turn that down a little bit. So it's not there because that's an advert for a Google Pixel because YouTube really wants me to buy a Google Pixel, it would appear. Ma- massive Android fan. Yeah. Right. I keep forgetting this is George Miller. Let's have a look what's going on here. She's liking it using that voice at the moment, isn't she? Yeah, Tell she is. Him. 
it, it's an accent that she's using a lot. Hmm. <laughs> Ooh, fucking hell. Is that fucking Genie? <laughs> oh, yeah. See, I know nothing about this. Idris Elba plays a Genie. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I just realised you don't know that. what this film is about. Alright, yeah. I'm digging this so far. I mean, it's George Miller, though, isn't it? So. Mm. This looks expensive. <laughs> it, is this one where I've seen like quite a lot of people reviewing it, talking about the fact that it looks like it was it, it, he's stolen ideas from loads of different people? And it's like, no, have you ever thought that maybe those people have just been inspired by him for the past fucking 30 years? Yeah, there's a chance of it, though. Do you know what this looks a bit like? The movies that Terry Gilliam wishes he could still make. That's uh, absolutely spot on. I'm up for George Miller having having like three or four movies out in the next couple of years that are just going to be fucking barnstormers. Hmm. Yeah, fuck it, I'll watch that. So, apparently, like, based off the reviews, it's not quite the film that's advertising. I think quite as bad as that. A lot of it is them talking in a hotel room in bathrobes. Yeah, I'm still alright with that. (laughs) Yeah, that's the thing. I'm also alright with that. The idea of Idris Elba as a genie and Tilda Swinton as some just repressed woman having conversations in nice bathrobes with the occasional okay here's a fucking flashback story about my mad shit as a genie yeah yep yeah I'm up for that I can see why people have compared it to Tarzan's The Fall oh yeah 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 but I'm I'm, Um, I'm actually quite alright with that yeah, it looks it, it looks alright. Comes out in the US like right at the end of August, so we'll see when it um when it pops up over here. I I hope they don't like be dicks and go, oh, we're gonna delay it so we can have a premiere at LFF. It's you know like no, just fucking. Actually, to be saying that, to be fair, I'm actually gonna be in in the US like two weeks after this comes out. So sorry, that's really fucking selfish of me, but I might just see it then and. Fuck y'all. I would not blame you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, even though I'm going to Florida, which isn't a state known for its avant-garde cinema, so... Uh... <laughs> oh, what else have you caught, man? With the exception of the um, I think maybe nothing. I guess I think I've run out of them now. Okay, so... 
I kind of feel like reserving a Bex slot for this is actually really appropriate anyway. So, like, let's talk and then we can just let her go off. Yep. Um, so, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. I was fucking fuming when I woke up the other day. and It was like, oh shit, the trailer leaked online overnight, but now it's been deleted. Yep. Um, I, I, I didn't watch it just in case it was, like, the not trailer, if that makes sense. Sure, sure. Um, right, so, after I watched this trailer twice, I then watched the Fallout trailer. The Fallout trailer is genuinely one of the great trailers. Yes. This is a very, very, very good trailer. Yes. Uh, very much helped by Henry Zerny just being apparently really fucking evil. Like I, but I, I love it that it's like every single one of these fucking films is uh, the I, the IMF is dodgy, and then Tom Cruise has to prove they're not dodgy, or he's disavowed and he has to get back in their good books. If this is basically the IMF is now a corrupt fucking organization, and Tom Cruise has got to go like truly, like on his own or something. That would be rogue, fucking yeah. amazing. Like, if it if it's like gonna be the IMF is in league with the bad guys, or the IMF are, are the bad guys. Yeah, it basically the IMF man. have been the syndicate all along. Oh shit! Some, I mean that. And he's essentially the big bad that he's been chasing is actually himself. Oh fuck! But he just doesn't. But he, he could just be never that. knew it. It could be that. It could be that. And the thing is, these motherfuckers could write that. And and it, like knowing that these are the last two cruise ones. Yep. Why not? Let's well, let's do that. What? An interesting comment I saw from uh, Chris McQuarrie the other day was he basically said. What we wanted to do was we wanted to take the energy of the last 20 minutes of Fallout and just make it a two and a bit hour movie. <sighs> so we, 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 we did that. We we wrote it in a completely different way. I mean, that's how, how they did was with, what is it, was with Fallout, was they picked the location and then McQuarrie wrote how they could get to it with a helicopter. <laughs> What that's why Cruz likes working in with him so much because they're just like right. Let's think of the mad shit and then we'll write around that. Yeah, which and apparently no other fucker's gonna do. Yeah, I mean I can't remember I saw it, but I'm fairly certain that um, you know when they're doing the there's the a zero gravity thing in the um, in the aeroplane um, yeah. for it in Fallout uh, when they're doing the the sky jumps in Fallout there uh, apparently. Um, Macquarie was like, I don't need to keep going up in the plane to do the skydives, so I'm just going to write the end of the movie. He <laughs> 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 so went, went up to the first one, and then was like, set it, told them what he wanted, and everything like that with Cruz. And then went, I don't need to get up here anymore, but this is going to take like three days to get this one bit down. So what I'm going to do is just write the end of the fucking movie. <laughs> 
But I mean, I mean, it, it's fascinating though, isn't it? Because it's like you, you, you've heard of all these like big films in the past where like they shot before they had a script in place, and then it turned out to be shit. But this is just the, how they do. Yeah, it's just a different. And it, it, it's it, the way they write it. And yeah, I, it's. I, 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 I don't know. I mean, it just it it feels like. Cruz and Macquarie have just got magic going together. Yeah, they. they uh, it, I, it, it's it very much is Macquarie is going. Do you know what we can? They have both. It's the trust thing in each other that mm. this this will work. You just, I don't know. There is a bit of a sliding doors moment of like, what if? They never worked together on Valkyrie. Yeah. Like, what would have happened to both of their careers? You know, I mean, on, on, honestly, you know, because like Valkyrie came at a point where Cruz had been handed the keys to United Artists. That fucking mad couple of years where Tom Cruise was in charge of United Artists. Um, and, 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 and then. You know, like with Mission Impossible, uh, Ghost Protocol, it was like, right, we're grooming Jeremy Renner to be the new you. And then it, it, it just go, they just go off in that completely different direction. They do Jack Reacher together. That's a solid little hit. And then Cruz is like, right, fuck it. Don't ghost write shit direct for me. Yep. And then Rogue Nation just absolutely... Like continue where Ghost Protocol lit the fuse, Rogue Nation just goes off. Oh, how yeah, man! Like how different would their careers have been? It just would have been yeah. And the thing is, these movies now you're watching them going. You just can't you 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 just again have this trust that it's just gonna be really fucking good. Yeah, yeah, straight, straight up. It, I mean, I mean the, I, I, I saw someone on Twitter earlier on saying that like they kind of thought that it was almost like it was a montage of the previous films, not not new footage, at, at the start. And I, I kind of got that. Like it, mm-hmm. it is a, a sim, it is a similar look, um, and it, 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 it you know, like the kind of like the nightclub-y stuff. It was like, right, we're going to do another nightclub scene, are we? I, I, I get that. But at the same time, if it turns out to be like even half as good as any of that shit in Fallout, then I'm here for it. Yeah. Yeah, I am. Yeah. Um, I, it's, it's, I, I just, just fucking, just, I just want it now and it's like a year away. <laughs> Yeah, it's like fourteen months away, but it's it it it's something that they are literally using the the Top Gun kind of focus yeah. that Cruise has got now to start essentially um, doing the marketing for a movie that's out in a year's time. And it, it makes perfect sense because it kind of seems like Top Gun Maverick is going to be a film that's going to open really well, but it's going to have legs like a motherfucker. Yes. Um, that that's the vibe I'm getting from from Maverick, um, and yeah, we'll. It's exciting. This is the thing, man. It's just like all of this stuff, like can really be in full swing, and then trailers like this. It is just like right. We, you know, we we are not not that we're through the COVID overall, but films 
film acting seems like it's coming back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and it, 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 it just it's. Oh god, it's heartening. It's really heartening. Um, so, yeah, fantastic. Uh, right at this point, I'm gonna go for a wee. Cool. Me too. Sweet. Okay, back in the room? Back in the room. Back in the room, okay. So, uh, Beck's not back yet? No, she's she's back imminently. Okay. Um, which one do you think she'd have more input on? I'm kind of assuming Firestarter, but... Yeah, I'd probably say Firestarter. Okay, cool. That's, um... Okay, so we're back, um... Bex will be back shortly. Mark just chuckled about something, which 
has just when we're about some... to review Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, isn't it though? Um, yeah. So, Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers is directed by Akiva Schaefer and stars the voices of um, uh, the fucking Andy Samberg, uh, John Mulaney, uh, J.K. Simmons, um, Tim Robinson as Ugly Sonic. Um, and, um, just fucking incredible. Um, and, uh, others. So, Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers, um, takes the position that Chip and Dale were two, um, real life cartoon characters who were, uh, who made a show, uh, and then they split up and the show got cancelled. And years later... They're reunited when uh, their old friend Monterey Jack, voiced by Eric Banner, um, has got a cheese addiction and owes too much money to... Um, what's his name? It's not Sweet Stinky Pete. Pete. Sweet, Sweet Pete. Pete. Uh, <laughs> um, and, then, and then he goes missing. Um, so... Yeah, Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Um... I thought so. It's not actually a Lonely Island film. It's directed by Schaefer, and it, uh, um, Sandberg is one of the, is the one of the lead voices. But it's not like written by them and John Matacone. Uh, John Matacone doesn't have a uh, kind of production credit on the film. Nope. So it, it it is a very much inflected with that vibe, but it's not actually one of their films. Um. It's an odd beast, is yeah. Mark Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Your thoughts? Um, I mean, it's clearly somebody had an idea and then pitched it, uh, and then somebody said yeah, and they went, "Oh shit, <laughs> kind of got to make it now." Um, I like the fact that everybody yeah. seems really kind of like on board with it and really into the idea um, of it. And there's just, oh, it's, we're going to throw as much of this as possible at the screen and then just see how much of it fucking sticks and how much of it lands. And then the bits that we think land, we'll just, we, we will wring those fucking jokes out like a motherfucker. But it kind of works. <laughs> you know, the Seth Rogen character, the uncanny valley. Like, when they say that sweet Pete, he runs the valley and they get there and it's the uncanny valley. <laughs> It's just, it's kind of genius. I, I suppose I kind of want and don't want a non-family audience version of this, where I don't know. Even though that, actually, no, I don't think I do because I think it's enough that you say. The flying bug, and the and Gidget in it hooked up, and you don't really explain how that works, and you don't yeah. have to get graphic with it. I, I, do you know what? That is probably enough. But that, that's the thing. I, I think had they gone for a version where they could have a fifteen, I, I just. I don't think it would have had the charm that this has. And yeah, this you're needs right. The charm. 
if it was just a little bit, what is it, then that would be, people would be able to go, you fucking killed my childhood, about it. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I mean, it, it's... The, the, the thing is, I don't know, there's just something that's just pulling me back from going, holy shit, this is one of the surprises of the year. And I'm I'm not entirely sure what it is because I think all the parts of it work, but I, I don't know. Can, as stupid I, as it sounds, I, go on. Can, can I posit something that is an, an oddity mm. um, with this that I, that I I don't think I've ever really said this, and it's nothing against the guy, but I don't think that. John Mulaney's voice acting is very good in this. <laughs> Which I never thought I'd actually pick up on something, but I just... It didn't feel right. It felt like somebody's talking. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's very... Do that voice you do, which is kind of your voice but not, and read the lines. Yeah. But isn't that the joke, though, that it's not supposed to sound like a voice? Hey. Because they've got the, hello, chipmunk voices in the cartoon that they put on. But, like, uh, and but, they make a point of that. They're supposed to just sound like guys. But he sounded a little bit off. It just it didn't sound right. Almost like, like audibly it was out of sync. <laughs> it wasn't, but it felt like it should be. I, the, I think it's literally because it is also aimed at kids, which yeah. maybe does does take like the plot is is very very simplistic. Like at its heart, there's a lot of good material around it, but at its heart. But then again, it's like if I was an eight year old, the cop being a bad guy would probably fucking stunning. It'd be stunning. So mm-hmm. it's like the part parts of it that don't work for me. I think I'm okay with it because do you know what? It's not necessarily all for me. Just because it's got pop culture references all over the place, it doesn't make it Deadpool. And that's okay. Yeah. So it's like it. we don't need another sausage I... party or another what's that word? No. Oh, the Happy Time Murders. Yeah, that's it. I really like the Happy Time Murders. Yeah, I know, but we've we've got that. We've got stuff aimed at us as adults. This is a family film. Yeah, yeah, no. But it's like, I've I've given plenty of family films five stars, and I'm not doing that for this. Even though I feel like there are parts of it. I, I Like... The, the 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 IP merging of different studios, like it is very Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I mean the whole the whole thing is, but that being that able to get as well. <laughs> that, yes. who, sorry, Roger Rabbit. Was oh, Roger Rabbit. Him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I mean, Batman versus ET. Those are two completely <laughs> different studios that Disney actually don't have their hooks in, <laughs> and, and, and and that's that's here. Which is really impressive, and I, you know, it. To be honest, I think like Andy Samberg and Akiva Schaefer and, and and co have probably got a lot of friends in a lot of places. 
so I, I could I could see them having that stuff work. Um, I, 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 yeah, I just Bex. What I mean, yeah. What did you think of it, dude? I really, really enjoyed it. I was I was super dubious about it, um, but yeah, I think that the things that I was a bit dubious about, they made jokes of, like it was it was meant to be something that you, like like the CG chip. Yeah. Like, and he got the CG surgery. It's just, it's just funny. It's, it's, it's really. It's. Uh, I think it works on a couple of layers. In that you could, you could watch it as a kid, and it's just like this, this movie about this thing. But there's a lot of clever stuff in there as well. The, the, the whole prime plot point is that they're. Um... <laughs> that they kidnapping them to bootleg them. Yeah. It's just a really good idea. <laughs> See, but that's it. For kids, it won't that won't make any sense necessarily, but it won't bother them because they're just kidnapping them. Yeah. So you know, they don't they don't have to have a, a handle on the, you know Return of Jafar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, you know, it I I just think it's really clever and it's it's a lot sweeter than I expected it to be as well. Yeah. But yeah, I really enjoyed it. It was a really good Sunday morning watch. That's it. it, it it's some prime, French it's toast. prime kind of like Sorry. Sunday morning watching. Yeah. Fodder. It's weekend morning cartoons. Yeah. It, it, it's what Chippendale was. And it's what this film should be. Yeah. For me, anyway. Yeah, I... Oh, no, no, absolutely. I mean, I just like... Some of the, the the audacity of some of the things that you pull off here, like Ugly Sonic, is <laughs> That's fucking, fucking incredible <laughs> that they managed to do that. <laughs> I, I, yeah, having the, just the, the sheer balls to go for it, but the constant of like, every time anybody news near him, the focus is just on his human teeth. <laughs> I just. I really, really hope the poor fuckers who came up with that character design in the first place are okay with this. Um, like, because I, I, it is, it is pretty savage. Um, even I, and I, I, I kind of suppose there's probably a world where Paramount would just like, yeah, give us X million dollars for it, do what you want, and we can just like try and offset that against <laughs> how much he actually cost <laughs> yeah yeah you guys that, that, that whatever goes, it was that it took us to do it and there you go you've that got, goes you've got that property yeah that goes directly in the ugly sonic monzo pot that they're <laughs> saving up for to, to pay it off um and he's got a bigger role than you'd ever think he does as well like the fact he comes back like not once but twice but twice and that fucking the, the the payoff where it's like, oh shit, he does not have friends in the FBI. <laughs> yeah, he, he has got his own show. <laughs> the, I think that's it. I think the I film... think they should embrace it and make an ugly Sonic cartoon. I think when the film is... It works. It's so good. Yeah. It, it's just... There's a few bits where... It, it's not that it doesn't work. It's just that it, it's not quite as singing as loud. Yeah, what it, yeah. it does, and I remember feeling like that as a couple of points, but I can't remember any of them. No, I, I, I mean, I think the, the, the girl who's helping them, and the whole kind of like, oh, is she dodgy? 
Yeah. Oh, no. Well, she can't be. But is she? Oh, but she can't be. But again, for kids, I bet that is like, oh, that's interesting. I wonder what is going on. So again, I can I, I, I can forgive it. Um, I suppose for all the really, really clever pop culture stuff, it's just like the story itself is not as razor sharp as everything around it. I, 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 feel I, like I think it, is what I'm getting at. Sorry. Yeah, I, I feel like if the story was more complex, though, A, you're going to lose kids, and B, you're going to lose room for those bits that are super fun for us as grown-ups to go, oh, that's a good reference, that's a good reference. That's You, you know, you can't have that and a complex story. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't know, I, like, it, it just in my in my head, I think, to something like Rango, where it's like, okay, so we're doing Chinatown, what the fuck? You know, and it, 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 it's, but again, for kids, I bet that was boring as shit. Oh, yeah. So yeah, Rango's quite boring, even as an adult. Oh, I like Rango. That's the thing. I like Rango. Rango's, yeah. So I, that, that, that's the thing. I'm basically, I'm asking for this film to be something that I know it can't be. And and I, I'm, I'm you know four out of five on Letterbox. Don't get me wrong. It was just like in the couple of days leading up to it, I was like, "Fuck me! What if this is like secretly one of the best films of the year?" And it wasn't quite that. And that's I don't know, man. I mean, that's you know me I... saying like, "What what is the, if this is the greatest burger in the world?" Then I eat a really good burger. <laughs> that's it. It's like it's not the greatest burger in the world, but it's a damn good burger. <laughs> Yeah, if it's yeah. In my top ten. Yeah. No, and if if it's not, it, it would definitely be top fifteen. I mean, easily so far, it's in I, our top ten. Oh, oh good. With, with our end of year rules being as they are, this is definitely primed for surprise of the year. Mm. Yeah, that's a good shout, actually. Yeah, I think I'm there. Um, cool. Okay. Any more to say on Chippendale Rescue Rangers? No, I think we've we've, we've covered that. Right. Definitely, Definitely not, not shit. shit. Definitely not shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of fun. Um, yeah. Could see myself watching it again for sure. Um, our audience poll. Definitely not shit. Sixty-seven percent. Touching cloth. Eleven percent. Uh, and shit. Twenty-two percent. Yeah, yeah, it's harsh, but fair enough. Yeah, right. It seems to have been really divisive, though. A lot of people seem to be very angry that this exists. I, on yeah, Twitter, on Twitter. Really? I, 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 yeah, yeah. Oh, I, okay. I genuinely saw somebody put out on Twitter. I don't know who it was. Was it saying, a killed my childhood comment? Yeah, and it was so. like, well, this is just wrecked my childhood. Oh, f- it's like, and I thought, how built on Chippendale Rescue Rangers was your childhood? To be fair, I. Fucking loved Chippendale Rescue Rangers. I love Chippendale Rescue Rangers, but I don't think my entire fucking childhood, the fabric of my childhood, was built around it. If it was, right, that movie is not your biggest problem. No. I used to fucking love Gadget, or whatever she's called. The little mousy lady. Yeah, me too. She's fucking a fly now. She is is. fucking a fly. She's got like fly mouse babies. Mm. Weird is that? It's weird. (laughs) I do. His voice made me laugh. Oh, but I, 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 I liked how they kind of set that up earlier on, where it was like, like the rap party, yeah. and he's just whispering in her ear, and it's like, and I was like, what the fuck was that about? And it's like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> Later on, you see, you're like, oh, that's is that weird? <laughs> it feels weird. 
Oh, man. Um, right, so, uh, Bex, Mark and I discussed something before you uh, came home, which we need you to do now. Okay. Uh, you need to live commentary the new Mission Impossible trailer. Oh, I've, I've already watched it. <laughs> Fuck. Sorry. What do you think of it? The, the, the space is yours, Mark and I said our piece, so go off. Yeah. Oh, it, it looks fucking great, doesn't it? It's a Mission Impossible possible movie, and they've just got more and more twisty and dark and fucking like moral, morally ambiguous as they've gone on. And on. I fucking love it. It's like it's like if you watched the first one and then you watched, say, the most recent one, you'd be like, "How are these films part of the same series?" But then if you watch them continuously, you can see him getting there. You can see him getting more and more solid by the things that he deals with and the people that betray him and let him down and stuff like that. And it's it's just fucking great. I, I think it's fascinating, the evolution of this series. Mm. I really do. It, it, and it, this this looks ace. And it looks like it's got that, but it's also got loads of bombastic shit as well. Yeah. It, I, don't like, I don't like the fact that he's spending one-on-one time with a lady that's not Rebecca Ferguson, though. That needs to just not be a thing. <laughs> fucking Peggy Carter can get to fuck. Although she looks better in this trailer than she looks in... Um, What's it? Yeah. Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. She's, uh, yeah. she's got some water retention issues going on for the filming of that movie. Fucking um, hell. <laughs> <laughs> but, she, you know, she looks alright in this, but she can still get to fuck because Rebecca Ferguson. Yeah. Yeah. And what's her face is back? Vanessa Kirby. Yeah. She's got to be some kind of magical being, hasn't she? She just doesn't look like a real human. She looks like some kind of magic creature's disguise as a human. <laughs> Is she the first real-life mermaid? Maybe, yeah. She's a probably she's a siren. Oh yes, or like or like a fairy, but like, like you know, like fairies are a actually fairy. in, in mythology where they're kind of fucking shitty. Yeah, dicks. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. The fairy fucking... The fairy universe has gone, fuck it, send somebody down there to fuck shit up. Yeah. Maybe she's a lot of fairies. Yeah. In a Vanessa Kirby costume. Yeah, you made it weird. <laughs> yeah, that is weird. That made it weird. Yeah. It maybe was sexy just, until it was that. Maybe she's just Tinkerbelled and she's made herself human size. Fair play. Yeah. <laughs> Go back to that. Anyway, Mission Impossible. Looks great. Can't yeah. wait. Can't fucking wait. I might actually take a day off work for that and go to see it, like, during the day. Make a day of it. Go to see it early enough that you can double bill it. Maybe. Maybe. But you're going you're gonna to need to IMAX that shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, I don't I, say that I, too much, because I really resent paying extra for IMAX when I pay membership, but, yeah. There's occasional one. ones you've kind of got there to go, is, yeah. fair enough. Like, Dune was a whole different experience on, on, like, the big screen than it would have been on a big screen. Yeah. Are you IMAXing Maverick? Yes, we are indeed, aren't we? Sure. What? Yeah, we can do, yeah. I don't feel like I feel, that I... have the same kind of... It doesn't need to be on IMAX for me, that one. But I... I'm happy to see it on IMAX. I, I, I think I'm... it needs to be on IMAX. Yeah. I'm, I'm, f- I'm feeling it might need it. Yeah. Fucking I'm sure it I'm... needs it. I'm really looking forward to those head-on cockpit shots where you just see shitloads of sky behind them. <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing just a, a close-up of a face. Just fucking massive. Yeah. I'm, I'm really psyched for Margaret, actually. I'm really, the, the 
sort of the little featurette thing that we saw. Yeah. Normally I would avoid that, like the plague, because you don't want to see too much before you see the film, do you? But that's made me really like, oh, this looks fucking great. Yeah, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to yeah. that. Hell yeah. Uh, all right, cool. Good stuff. Uh, actually, uh, Bex, one last question, though. I rewatched the Fallout trailer after watching this trailer. And I think the Fallout trailer is, as you've been banging the drum for years now, <laughs> is one of the great trailers. Yeah, it is. It is. It's um, possibly the best trailer I've ever seen in my entire life. That's and a it, fair it, the thing, you watch well, it now and you, you get it. But my I, just my question leading on from it was like, like what percentage Fallout was this trailer? <laughs> I think maybe eighty percent Fallout. It's not. Yeah. The thing is with the Fallout trailer, the music works really well mm-hmm. with it as well, and that that makes the trailer. Because I saw I saw another one with different music when I was looking for that one because I rewatched it like on a weekly basis in the run up to the movie yeah, coming yeah. out. Um, and I, I, I YouTube Googled it. And searched. That's the word I was searching for. Did you just say YouTube Googled it? <laughs> yeah. That's pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway. <laughs> right. Like, like, I literally, a, a marketing exec at Google has just got his fucking wings because you said that. <laughs> um, anyway. Um, yeah, and yeah, so I searched it and I picked the wrong one and I listened to it, I had different music over it and it was like, this isn't anywhere near as exciting. Yeah. And then found the right one. Be honest, watched, Bex. watched Cavill do his Bex. arm reload. How many times have you watched that trailer? It just, since, it, it just since the movie. Oh, loads. <laughs> you watch it like... I revisit it all the time. You watch it like it's a, a lot, fucking, don't it's you? It's a masterpiece, <laughs> is that trailer. It, it's the arm reloading, the fact they actually put in a boom, boom. Yeah. Like, yeah. as he's doing it as well, which I wish was in the film. It's so um, fucking, it's, it's such a powerful trailer. You could have not watched any Mission Impossible movies and watched that trailer and want to see it. Yeah. Yeah. And it ends with that bit where he's about to fly into that fucking lorry and then they don't even have that in the film. <laughs> <laughs> And there's not well, the thing is you watch the film. Side of a cliff, doesn't it? On a bike. On a bike, yeah. yeah. I. You I... imagine if. Go on. Sorry. No, go on. No, it just could you imagine if they put that in the trailer and it's not in the film? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do we think he actually rode a motorbike yes. on the side of a cliff? Because yeah, man, Cruise. Yeah. It's fucking Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> you know, hundred percent he did, and you know, hundred percent if that's not actually even his character, he still had a fucking girl. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's Simon Pegg's character doing it. He's just like, fuck it, I'll have a crack. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Oh, oh great. Great stuff. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad. Yeah, 80% of a fallout sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, dearie me. Good times. Right, let's do some what we've been watching. Who wants to start, guys? Um, You've been doing a lot of reading this week, haven't you? So you've not actually watched that much. Is that correct, Rebecca? I've watched nothing on my own. Right. Do you want me to do my on my own? I have read all of our Thomas and about a third of the second Odd Thomas book. Is he still Odd? He's still called Odd, yeah. Yeah. He's called Thomas, isn't he? He's called Odd. Hmm. Um, so, I rewatched 
uh, state of play. Um, so I was just kind of looking for you know. <laughs> Wow. Well, the thing is, I was looking for something to watch. Um, so basically, we try to carpool as much as possible, aren't we, Bex? Yeah. Um, but sometimes that means that I will literally get to work two and a half hours before I start work. So what I'll do is I'll go upstairs, I'll grab breakfast... Um, and I'll watch a film on my iPad. But I didn't have anything loaded on my iPad, so I would literally very quickly went on to Netflix before we set off and just went, uh, that, that, and that, and downloaded like a couple of movies down to my iPad so I'd have them there to watch and I wouldn't have to rely on the spotty Wi-Fi. Um, and one of them was State of Play because I remember liking it, but I don't remember anything about it. <laughs> so I thought, fuck mm-hmm. it, that'll, that, that seems like the sort of film I can... Quite easily watch on my iPad whilst having breakfast um, before work. Um, I I really enjoyed my rewatch of State of Play. Yeah, yeah. It's it's Russell Crowe being really quite charming and playful, but not quite in a um, not quite in like a nice guy's way. Mm. But you know, he still managed, he still just has some teeth to it. Um, and I mean the the only bit that made me kind of sort of tilt my head and go really is that they pitch um, Russell Crowe and Ben Affleck as they used to be um, roommates in college <laughs> but as you're watching you're going but he's clearly 10 years older than you <laughs> mm. yeah that's an odd one yep yeah. <laughs> and then the point that his wife is played by Robin Wright. And then you're watching that going, but she's clearly 10 years older than you. <laughs> Which is fine, but it's like... They're trying to pitch Moles being around the same age. Yeah, they're all trying to pitch them around being the same age. And it's like now, if you put Ben Affleck and Russell Crowe in a movie, I think you could pitch them as around the same age. Ben Affleck has let himself go. But this was 2009 Ben Affleck. Yeah. When he still looked, you know, young, young. So it, it it did. That was a little bit strange. Um, but yeah, the the whole um, like aspect of it being, um, you've got like Russell Crowe as the investigative journalist uh, angle of it, who gets a story and then gets wind of that there might be a story that's involving uh, Ben Affleck, who is a congressman and his friend. Um, but the person who's got that story is Rachel McAdams, who writes a blog for The Globe. Mm. And there's, there's that little snippiness between the, you know... Print journalists. Yeah, the, 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 essentially like the print journalist and the online journalist. Mm. Um, and that kind of runs through it, but is actually kind of quite well kind of dealt with. Print lost. In it, yeah. There's a lot of hold the presses <laughs> um, to it, which almost feels a little bit like maybe that was more of a thing, you know, 10 years before this. Mm. Uh, but I, I had a good enough time with it. It's got a, a twisty enough kind of story to it. Um, and it, it made me go, Russell Crowe is really fucking good. <laughs> like, when he's 
when he's engaged with something and it's it's his pace, hmm. he's really fucking good. Which then led me to go and watch Body of Lies, which I don't think I've seen since the cinema. Um, I mean, you are absolutely fucking smashing it this week. Yeah. Um, I said I need to start watching better movies. Yeah. Yeah. So it, body it's, of... just to say, it's the fact. Just it's the fact that a lot of the time I'm laughing at some of the like the random shit that you watch, which feels of a certain quality. So for you to say, I mean, you are <laughs> the so only person. <laughs> I mean, you are the only fucking person who has watched State of Play more than once. And I mean, there are (laughs) many films that we can apply that to for yourself, dude. But State of Play is like, but it's classy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's it. You're a classy guy, aren't you? I am a classy guy. There's no boobs in it. No no boobs at all. Well, there were boobs, but they they were shirted for some reason. Rude. I know. It's odd. So, it's quite strange. Sorry, Body of Lies, the 30th film Ridley Scott made that week. <laughs> That's it. The thing is, Body of Lies feels like it should have been a Tony Scott movie, but it isn't. It's a Ridley Scott movie. So Leonardo DiCaprio and Russell Crowe are in it. Um, and the thing is, I, I actually really enjoyed my rewatch of Body of Lies. Um, it's it's a good story. It's a really fucking well-made movie. Of course it is. It's Ridley Scott. Um, Russell Crowe and DiCaprio have a fucking great patter to them. And it was, it was that kind of era of DiCaprio where he was getting back to being the DiCaprio we have now. After having like a little bit of a a weird kind of twenties, late twenties, early thirties, mm. where he didn't make anything bad, but it's just he didn't make anything that kind of punched yeah. too much. Yeah. Um, and this kind of started the wheel. This and Blood Diamond kind of started the wheels rolling again for him. Oh, Blood Diamond's great. Um, and it's, it's not as good as Blood Diamond, but then like. Um, it starts off where he's in um, he's in Iraq um, and he's got you know he's working with somebody who has um, with him as an agent who has sort of turned from the other side and the guy who's driving you know you, you look at somebody and going right who the fuck is that because that's somebody but who the fuck is it and then it clicks it's like holy shit it's Oscar Isaac <laughs> Oh really? Nice. Um, and he's he's in it for like a good chunk of the first half of the movie. Hmm. You know, he's and it, but it's just it's almost weird that Oscar Isaac kind of arrived as and Oscar Isaac before we'd had any Oscar Isaac. <laughs> yeah. But now we do have Oscar Isaac here. I found it. Yeah. I found the one that was before <laughs> the and Oscar Isaac. Wow. <laughs> um, and then. You've got yeah, Mark. He was just huge suddenly, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah. He was with Oscar Isaac and, and Oscar Isaac yeah. really quickly. Mark Strong's in it, playing yeah. um, like <laughs> fucking. He plays like the head of the 
Jordanian Secret Service. <laughs> but he's Mark Strong. He's from like Manchester. But it's very good. It's very tense. All the acting's really good in it. However, there's one thing that you keep on focusing on. The fact that it's patently obvious that they're all wearing wigs. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> it's like the wig work isn't great in it. Why not just let them have hair? Well, Mark Strong doesn't have any, so they had to give him some. Quite why they had to give him some. He's not a real person. They could have just had him bald. Yeah. yeah. And it would have been <laughs> fair fine. point. Um, yeah. DiCaprio has hair that isn't too dissimilar to the wigs that he's wearing. Mm. And I don't know what's going on with Russell Crowe. It's like Russell Crowe. They turned up and they went, we kind of want the inside of Russell Crowe. So do we still have any of those wigs? And someone's gone, yeah. We do actually. We've got loads. Russell keeps loads of his props. So he's got like a box of the insider wigs we can use. And Russell's going, I could go, I could get on board with that. There's an awful lot of Bluetooth headsetting in this movie as well. Oh, God, they were a thing. Yeah. Hell yeah. There's there's, there's a lot of that. Like, there's literally a moment where. Well, Russell Crowe is discussing like operation an operation that DiCaprio is literally on in Jordan as DiCaprio is going to this and Russell Crowe's at like his kid's soccer game his daughter's soccer game <laughs> and it's you kind of watch it going do you know what this feels like kind of real it feels yeah. like what it would be and that feels very Ridley Scotty and also, an, another thing, there's a lot of... Because the whole thing is that, um, that there's this um, Al-Qaeda kind of splinter cell um, that are setting off all these bombs around Europe. And what they do a really good job of is they make all the European places literally look like they could be um, Jordan, um, fucking um, Syria, or... Um, Iraq, and it's it's an, it's an intentional thing, clearly, but, but it's like Amsterdam and Manchester and Turkey, mm. but they make them not like like the fucking desert or anything like that, but they make it just go. Do you know what the fucking the the back streets and the what is it of Manchester? If you frame it in this certain way, it ain't that fucking different. <laughs> yeah. And it, 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 so it's, it's quite interesting. Another one that I, I actually I quite enjoyed I um, my uh, troll through like late noughties thrillers. <laughs> Did you know he was in Robin Hood as well? Nice. For Isaac? Is he? Yeah, with Russell Crowe. So, right, well, I, I might get to that at some point. Russell Crowe needs many voices in Robin Hood. Yeah, he plays Prince John. He's like, quite a big character within that. Mythology. But we'll oh, Oscar Isaac. Yeah, he, he's he's like essentially the wrongin of that that film, if memory serves. Mm. Oh, Is cool. it him and Leia Sadu? Is he more interesting again now? Mark Strong's in that as well. Yeah, Leia Sadu. Well, we might we might watch that at some point this week next. Kate Blanchett. She'll be doing a voice. Yep. 
She's fucking... Um, ma- yeah, she's made Marion, isn't she? Yes. I think... I, I, yeah, I think that's one of the few Ridley Scots I've not seen yet. Yeah, I've test-screened that. Because yeah. you were in your adult like Russell Crowe for it. Also, it, it's... I don't really need a Cockney Robin Hood in my life either. I think he's about five different languages. No, I have seen it actually. Mm. Because I, I counted the amount of accents he does. It's like eight or nine. <laughs> <laughs> so many accents. Nice. Um, so have you only got this, Becky? Yes. Right, well then you can introduce this. No, this is like your baby. So, Isabel watched High Fidelity, the TV series. And liked it, didn't she? Yep. So, we basically said, well, you know there's a film version of it. And at the time she's like, is there? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Oh, shit. It's fucking so brilliant. What, sorry. I'm really, really looking forward to seeing what a teenager now makes of the 20 years old High Fidelity. Yeah. fuck me, that film was my jam when I yeah. was her age. And I... I, 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 I yeah, it, it, it's one of my top 15 movies of all time. I think it helped her with relating to it that you're really into your vinyl. Yeah. I think it might be lost on the Spotify generation. Yeah, I, I, sure. I, that, that's it, I think, because obviously the, the TV series, I think she could, in a future self, looking towards the future, relate to the, the characters there. Mm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but going back to this, it's like these characters are too much older than she is, and it's set twenty years ago. Yeah. Um, but she actually quite enjoyed, it, didn't she? She really enjoyed it. Yeah, she preferred the ending and the fact that they got back together. Yeah. To the ending of the TV series, which obviously. All spoilers all the time is a bit bleak. Yeah, it is quite bleak. Uh, yeah, she was. She, she, she's it's like it's a different structure. They introduce the fact that he's cheated on her really early, whereas that's not until like the last few episodes. Yeah. Of high fidelity, um, but she's like, it, she was saying because we were talking about it the other day in the car on the way to what is it uh, on the way to work, mm. and she was saying it, it's it's great the fact that. That Cusack just plays him as an unmitigated prick <laughs> who isn't aware he's a prick. Yeah. And even at the end, still isn't aware that he's a prick. And that yeah. he's this self-centred arsehole. Yeah. I think one thing that's missing from the TV series as well is Jack Black's character doesn't get to sing. I can't remember what she's called in it. No, but I get the feeling they were building that up For later on. Two, yeah. isn't going to happen. Yeah. But the, the fucking the, the just the Jack Black moments in this yeah. are wonderful. When he chews out um, Rob for the sweater that he's wearing, <laughs> genuinely, what the fuck is with that sweater? That is a Cosby sweater. A Cosby, Cosby sweater! sweater. <laughs> May well be one of my favourite <laughs> parts of any film Ever. Yeah. His delivery of Cosby sweater. <laughs> <laughs> he's fucking great in this. Like, he's... When we watch the TV show... Because it's, it's impossible, having seen yeah. it, to not compare them. 
she really annoyed me to start off with. But she's very good as it goes on. Yeah, yeah. She, she gets. She, she's very it. charming as yeah. it goes along. Um, whereas he's like, oh, you're a dick, but I'd probably be your mate. It'd so be a great night out. The Jack Black character in the TV series, Ian, is the you know the uh, Sandra Bullock's agent in Lost City. Oh shit! Really? It's her. Yeah. Okay. And so, but so it makes it. It, when it, when she first comes into it, she's trying too hard to do an impression of Jack Black. She's trying too hard to do an yeah. impression of Jack Black, but then as the more it gets in, into it, it, it's actually really. Yeah. It, she finds a level, and it's she's a really sweet character in it. Yeah. Um, blew her mind when um, Lisa Bonet came on, didn't it? <laughs> and we were like, so that um, I think <laughs> magnificent creature was the word we used to describe <laughs> her. <laughs> um, is the Rob in the TV series mom. <laughs> and this was like, what the fuck, really? <laughs> Wait, yep. Yeah. Yeah, no, she really enjoyed Man. it. Yeah. I fucking... It, I, it, it is... It is a fantastic piece of work. Yeah, it, is, it yeah. still holds up, and I have seen it dozens of times. Weirded her out that John Cusack was John Cusack's sister as well. Yeah, it did, didn't it? Yeah. Do you know what? I don't know whether Donna's ever watched High Fidelity. I need to check that. Yeah, it's just fucking brilliant. Yeah. It, it's yeah. it's such for me it's such a warm hug of a movie, even though you're watching some of the people in it and you're you're relating to the arsehole way yeah. too much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh she was very heavily invested in um the other shop guy, I can't remember his name. Um and Darlene from Roseanne's little oh dick yeah yeah she's like oh look they're at the party together <laughs> at the end she's so sweet yeah what have you been watching bud oh, fuck I need to watch High Fidelity soon um yeah oh, um, oh that was lovely um, it's so I own High Fidelity on Apple mm-hmm. right but it's also on Disney Plus and on Disney Plus it's in Fox. yeah Oh fuck! Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that film's never getting a fucking physical 4K release or anything. So nope. yeah. All right. Yeah. 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 Fuck. All right. Nice one. So, um, I set Mark a challenge a couple weeks back. Yep. Uh, I was watching a film which I didn't finish in time for last week, which basically doesn't exist. And Mark swears he's not look at look to my letter. I haven't. Mark, what was the film? Like, I, I have, so it's a film that doesn't exist or that people have just forgotten about. Is it the Robocop remake? No, but that's a very good guess. I made two guesses. It was the Robocop remake and the Equalizer remake. <laughs> no, and Equalizer no, sequel. also a very good guess. Yeah. Go on, what very is it? good guess. But Right, so. In 2010... The director of Ford vs. Ferrari and Logan directed a film starring Cameron Diaz and Tom Cruise. Night and day. Right, so... Yeah, I, Paul Dano plays a Holland Oates fan in it that's like a computer genius. Yeah. Now, I told Noel separately what this film was. And Noel said, 
essentially, you're fucking kidding. That's a film that Mark watches all the time. To which I had the horrifying realisation that you two probably fuck while watching it. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. I will say this. I'll send you... What is it? I own the extended cut. No, what are you sending me? What? No, what? I own the extended cut on iTunes. (laughs) Of course you fucking do. Of course you do. I mean, that... that, Yeah, all right, that's perfect. Fine. All right, that's fine. That's perfect. Noel, you were right. Why would I doubt you? Um, So, but... Anyone other than you two, no diggity freaks... (laughs) (laughs) Um, this is a film that does not exist right this is right before Tom Cruise was really back on the upswing yeah Cameron Diaz is like a couple films away from retiring and James Mangold at the time was not doing an awful lot. But this is just before Tom Cruise was back on the upswing. It's just before James Mangold does The Wolverine and kind of revitalizes his career. And this is a film that would not be made today. Both in the fact that it's basically two movie stars being movie stars together and being kind of like. Uh, will they, won't they? But also in the fact that a recurring plot point of this film is Tom Cruise drugging Cameron Diaz and then her waking up, something crazy happening, going back to sleep. Waking up, something crazy happening, her going back to sleep. And then it's paid back, spoilers, at the end of the film where Cameron Diaz does that to Tom Cruise. And it's just a bit like... And so that that makes everything alright, does it? This is a film that I swear to God, if people remembered it existed, would get so much more shit. And I'm not saying... I'm I'm not necessarily saying, like... Do I agree or not with that? I think that they they do try to balance it at the end, but it is weird how much comedy they try to play from that. It's real fucking weird. And then the rest of it is Tom Cruise is a mysterious guy and there's a Hujima flip and Cameron Diaz gets pulled along into it against her will, uh, like being drugged, and they go to locations and rather uninspiring action happens. But Cruz, Diaz are both movie stars. They have movie star chemistry and they work together. It is absolutely the definition of a minimum viable product. (laughs) (laughs) yep do you know what else is really weird so we just spoke about High Fidelity afraid to ask and then we just spoke about Night and Day 
right? Yeah. They are two of the four films that Stephen Pink has produced. <laughs> the, yeah, yeah, the hot tub time machine boy. Yep. <laughs> you just knew that from memory, didn't you? I did a little bit, yeah. <laughs> oh, you lovely man. Good for you. Um, in other Tom Cruise news, I watched Top Gun. Um, I don't have a massive affinity with Top Gun. I've maybe seen it once or twice previously. And a lot of people tweeting about Maverick have said, I don't like the first one, but this one's fucking amazing. The thing about Top Gun is, this story is almost piss-takingly simple. Tom Cruise... Is fucking charming. And he's cocky. And that cockiness is good. But when it's not good, it's really bad. But then he has to learn, don't be cocky, just be really good. The end. (laughs) Basically, it's back it up. Yeah, but this film is such a fucking... I I mean, I'm not saying anything that nobody doesn't know. But Tom Cruise is so fucking charismatic in this film that it is just like, yeah, fine. Take my breath away. it, It is kind of insane also Tony Scott knows how to fucking stage those aerial combat scenes and he knows how to make people look sweaty yep um it barrels along even though a good 20 minutes of it is him and Kelly McGillis intensely flirting but not doing anything about it. Like, the film stops, and it's that. But Goose, his death works, because Anthony Edwards is so fucking good in this film. Just absolutely the wingman. Mm-hmm. I, I, he is fantastic. Meg Ryan, when she pops up, she's so just, like, lovable... That it is heartbreaking when Goose dies. Um, but the but the, the the I don't think it's necessarily a good film, but it is fucking effective. Is Top Gun? If Top Gun Maverick is effective and also a good film, let's fucking go. Also, Harold Faltermeyer's score is incredible. Yeah. And I am the the do you know do you know what the music by credit is on Maverick? It, it, it's isn't it Hans Zimmer, Harold Faltermeyer, and somebody else, isn't it? Lady Gaga. That's it. Yeah. And and apparently they did work together. Yeah, like the song that she did, the themes from that song. Are in the film. Yeah. 
That's it. it, it it's. I'm fairly certain. Um, do do do. Yeah, that they that they genuinely like they worked they collaborated on it. Maybe not like completely together, but they made sure that it, it wasn't like well that's a Gaga piece and it, it, it had a flow to it. Yeah, I just Foltermeyer, Zimmer, and Gaga. Just fucking imagine if they're nominated for an Oscar, and it's those three. <laughs> fucking hell. And like it, 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 it's very exciting because I mean Gaga is already getting some real buzz for best original song. I've not even heard that song yet. I'm trying to wait until Maverick. I, I, I'm doing the same. <laughs> like yeah, because like apparently it's proper. This is very very appropriate. So then, yes, let's go. Um. So yeah, yeah. Top Gun. I um. Yeah, it 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 was good, and it sounded good in my it, it, on my new soundbar. Nice. Um, a very very quick PSA related to the Sonos Beam Gen Two soundbar. Don't make the same mistake I did, folks. I'm a fucking idiot, and I am ashamed of myself. I wanted a soundbar that did Dolby Atmos, so I didn't have to have wires trailing all over the place. What I didn't no, until I looked it up after I got the soundbar, is that to have Atmos come out of that soundbar, you need a TV that can decode Atmos. So, the Apple TV outputs Atmos. The soundbar outputs Atmos. But the TV has to output Atmos because, and I, I've learnt things, <laughs> I've learned things, right? The Apple TV plugs into the TV. The soundbar also plugs into the TV for, through the ARC channel. ARC being audio return channel. So essentially, shit is going through the TV. So previously, when I've had a surround sound set up, the Apple TV would plug into the receiver... Yeah. And then the receiver would plug into the TV. So all the audio would just be between like the Apple TV or the Blu-ray player, whatever, and the receiver. Now it goes through the TV and then comes back out the TV again. So if that TV does not is not compatible with the Atmos codec, your Sonos will not give you Atmos. So I have spent several hundred pounds on a soundbar thinking it was going to output Atmos and it doesn't because my TV isn't compatible. So two questions. Yeah. Have you have you returned the soundbar or are you getting a new TV? The Good. latter, but not yet. Okay. And then question so, number two. Hmm. What's Atmos? Okay, so... We have Atmos. Question. Do we? We literally have Atmos. We watch things in Atmos. We watch Chip and Dale in Atmos. What is it? I don't... I don't... Get involved in the settings. Look, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll address both points. Great questions. In answer... In answer to the first question... Um, I've already told Donna that with my bonus next year, I mean, I was having a chat with Mark pre-recording, uh, but um, 
how do I word this? I, I I'm going to um proposition that my bonus to my manager that my bonus take into account the fact that I want a new TV <laughs> because I think I'll deserve it. Um, so I've already got my eye on a new TV. I've already told Donna part of next year's bonus is going on a TV. Like the rest of the money, I, I, I think we're probably going to go on holiday with it or something, but do me this solid. We're getting a new TV. So I'm going to get an OLED TV and it's going to be compatible with Dolby Atmos. So Dolby Atmos is Dolby's new audio format, which outputs things in a way where it, essentially fires upwards so as well as you so a 5.1 speaker arrangement the five channels are left front center front right front surround right surround left and then the point one is subwoofer with atmos you add a point two to the end which is up left up right in a cinema, you have speakers. In an Atmos cinema, you have speakers in the ceiling that fire that down at you. So it can basically create like a 3D soundscape where the, the sound is not just left, right, centre, back, but also up. Mm. But at home, it essentially fires the sound up and then it's supposed to essentially bounce off the wall. It's not as effective, but you don't have speakers in your fucking ceiling. So your TV you could get having speakers Atmos, in your ceiling. You could do. I can't because my wife would divorce me, but you two could. We won't be doing um, that. I don't even know what happens. There you go. I'm not exactly. going for speakers in my ceiling to, to gain it. I, I, just ex- I just explained no, no, no. it. All right. Until 30 seconds ago, I didn't know what Amos was. Okay. So there you go. No, maybe in the cinema room. Yeah, the cinema room. In the cinema room. Yeah. Yeah. So, when Isabel leaves home, we're, we're turning our room into a cinema room. Well, I mean, it, it, I mean, Jesus fucking Christ. In that case, yes. <laughs> oh my God, we we need to look for a sofa bed that looks like cinema seats. Yeah. That'd be amazing. We need a red velvet fuck. sofa bed, basically. Yeah. Oh, fuck, I'm jealous. <laughs> You're gonna put a no good diggity poster in there as well. No, it won't go with the theme. We'll find, no. right. we'll find something else in equally appropriate. We need, we need okay, cool. a popcorn machine. We need a popcorn machine, yeah. And we need to give Cooper a flashlight. So, so these these TVs. That the question I have now though is these TVs like are compatible with Atmos, but do the speakers inside actually do anything Atmos-y or is it just if you then plug the TV into something that's Atmos compatible, that will then output some sort of form of Atmos? That I don't know. Yeah, because I know our TV pumps out Atmos. It bounces yeah, off the wall. That, that, yeah. It's... Okay. And it is good. Yes, it's noticed. That, that, that... that... You, you, yeah, do actually, so you do actually you notice the difference, actually. That's all I want, so, it, about but, it? But, but you'd have noticed the difference before in things. It's a very echoey, bouncy room, actually. It's probably really good in there. But like, we, 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 not anymore. Not, we've got some more soft furnishings and some curtains. So many soft furnishings. Yes. What I, what I want to do, because I think Noel's TV is Atmos as well, 
when I come up in August, I want to bring the sound bar for the weekend and then plug it in and see if we can fucking detect anything. I think we will. What? <laughs> you want to bring your sound bar on holiday with you? Yep. <laughs> it's such a you thing to do. I mean, it's an incredibly me thing to do. <laughs> but the thing, but is, it, the thing is, there will be literally me, Ian, Jord, and Noel, probably a little bit drunk, with pizza going, yeah, I can definitely the fucking difference. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, I, like, so, the, the thing is, the soundbar now, and God, I know this is a really long tangent, but the, the soundbar now, it is a different, it is way better than my fucking TV speakers. Like, Lottie said to me the other day, why does the sofa feel like it's vibrating? Ah, nice. And, you know, that's... The dog is reacting to the TV way more than she ever used to. Like, something is fucking happening there. Like, the, the, the soundscape of it is a lot wider. Um, it, it Like, honestly, I'm... I'm I am happy with it now. You're when incredibly I get happy the, with it, yeah. Like, yeah, that's exactly it, and it means that we don't have to have wires trailing around. Would I? Would I prefer to have a cinema setup with surround speakers all over the place? Like, yes, but also I love my wife very much. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Um, where, so, whereas, whereas I can say to you, Becky, can't I? When I say I want to put speakers in the fucking ceiling in the cinema room, you will go. You and if you turn and say no, I'll go. I'll just put the chair and go. Look at that chair you got. The giant chair. Yeah. I feel like that. It's a good chair, mind. It is beautiful. Um, I feel like the speakers will probably cost more than the chair. They will. What them to? You're not cutting a hole in like the ceiling and putting them in. You can have them on like um, things. Mark. Yep. Mark, I've straight up got a 5.1.2 speaker set in my loft <laughs> that's not being used. I mean, I could cut a hole in the ceiling. You definitely could not cut a hole in the ceiling. I could? No, you can put little shelves up or something. And put them up in the corner of the room. I'll see. Maybe. You're not cutting a hole. Mark. <laughs> If it if you if you guys are coming here in November for the for the tenth anniversary, yep. you can take these speakers and the subwoofer home with you and do with them what you will. <laughs> I will probably take you off on that because Isabel and Boomer right. by them. <laughs> there you go. They're taking up space in the attic. I'm never do. I'm not doing anything with them ever. So take them. You're welcome, Bex. Right. Thanks, Ian. Um. So, couple more for me. Uh, Jesus Christ! Right time. Uncharted. I rewatched Uncharted. I really like Uncharted. I think Uncharted is good. It is fun. I'm looking forward um, to rewatching that movie. Yeah, uh, sounded good on the soundbar. Jackass 4.5. I watched Jackass 4.5 on my phone on Friday night while Donna was watching something, and then I went to bed thinking I was going to go to sleep and then watch the rest of Jackass 4.5. <laughs> it is a very interesting mix of shit they just cut from the film, but also, hey, we did some test footage, we got the green light, we then worked a day, and then COVID happened. What the fuck do we do? 
so there's especially in the first half there's some interesting shit about that and there is a fucking fantastic covid protocol related stunt which they should have kept it they should have put in the main film i kind of understand why they didn't because they don't want to talk about covid they want people to have fun yeah but it's strong uh, and that's all I'll say. I'll give it a go. I'll be giving yeah, it a go anyway. It's, I, I, I'm very much looking forward to it. <laughs> also, there is incredible Dark Shark related content towards the end. Nice. Yeah. Um. I yeah. I really, I really genuinely liked Jackass 4.5. It was very, very fun. Um. Okay. So. Let's move on to the second review of the week. Uh, we purposely um, kept this from the start of the show because we wanted Bex's full thoughts on it. This is Firestarter, directed by Keith Thomas, uh, starring uh, Zephron and uh, others. I'm going to get their names now. Um, uh, Kurtwood Smith's in it. Uh, Ryan Kira Armstrong, Sydney Lemon, Michael Grayes, and Gloria Rubin. Uh, this film truly um, a film that didn't need the with and the and because, forgive me, but I don't think anyone knows who Michael Grayes or Gloria Rubin are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, so Firestarter, uh, new adaptation of the Stephen King film. Um, trailer came out a couple months back. It was like, what the fuck's Zac Efron doing in this? And it's going to Peacock the same day. This is going to be good. Because we're now at that stage of the COVID outbreak where when a film goes day and date, you can actually go, well, this is going to be shit. <laughs> Becky, what did you think of Firestarter? Um, I found it really disappointing to be perfectly honest with you it's it. I said to Mark after we watched it it feels like an episode of something that you've missed the preceding episode of and have no option to watch the next episode of it just feels really really undercooked um, character development's not there the story's not really there it, it's got an unsatisfying resolution it doesn't really introduce you to anything that's going on. It, it yeah, it's really, really disappointed. It's not. I'm not going to sit here and say it's one of my favourite Stephen King books, but it is a solid story. And the Drew Barrymore movie is a solid movie, and it is better than this. And my uh, my thought on thoughts on remakes is always. If you can add something or do something different that you think, do you know what? Do you know what that one was missing? X, Y, and Z, and put that in. Absolutely, go for it. Otherwise, why even bother? I watched it and I was just a bit underwhelmed. And then the more I think about it, the more kind of annoyed I am about it because it, it could have been a really good movie. And the thing is, there's bits in it that look really good. But it's ju- just the actual 
the, the workings of it are just not there. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair. Mark, your thoughts? Yeah, it, it feels massively underwritten. Um, in the sense that... If you said to me, there's, a, there's like a two hours, ten minute version that has more of like the bits that are in the opening credits and actually builds around the idea of what it was like for them raising a kid, a, a baby with these abilities, then, you know, I would be like, all right, I, I would, I'd like to see that version of the movie. But it's like they, it, it, it's like they shot the fucking the Kurtwood Smith bit towards the end of production, and when he brought out the line of, "Imagine what it was like having a raise a baby that had these powers," and they went, "Shit, why didn't we do any of that? That's a really good idea." Um, and then they just did it with a bit of a. A dream sequence flashback, maybe. Yeah. At the start, um, and that just felt a little bit. I was saying you you could easily have got that across how difficult it was. Where in the first five minutes, where you have an awful lot of Zac Efron shirtless, just had him having like a load of burn scars on him. Are you still there, Ian? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I was listening, but I went for a pee and thought I was doing it silently, but obviously not. <laughs> no, that's fine. Um, so yeah, it just felt a little bit like I said. I, 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 sorry, I didn't want to interrupt the flow. I'm so sorry. <laughs> that's fine. It just felt a little bit undercut, but I think Zephron's really good in it. Yeah, he's believable as a dad that is both concerned and burnt out. I don't think anybody is bad in it. I think the kids. Decent enough in it, and I think the um, the mum's a bit crap. The mum's a bit crap, but then you know she dies, so it's fine. Um, but the guy that's tracking them is decent enough in it. You mean with Michael uh, Grass? Yeah, but they're just nobody is given enough to do. It's so. I mean, how long is it? Ninety-seven minutes. Yeah, it, it feels short. Because nothing happens, really. Like, I mean, a lot of isolated things. There's just there's just no fucking... There's no depth to it. It's all just fucking surface. There's no meat to the bone. No, that's it, yeah. It's, it's you know... The, the, the book, and I believe the Drew Barrymore movie, although it is a long time... Drew Barrymore movie's crap, babe. I really like the Drew Barrymore movie. All right, don't rewatch it, then. Yeah, maybe not. Um, but, like spends a lot more time when like they're on the run from these people and the book as well they're in that facility a long time it's not just he's there for 10 minutes and he calls out for her and she comes and gets him and then he dies they're there a while with these people trying to like break them down mm. it's just, yeah. there's just fucking nothing to it's... this it's insubstantial it's... Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it feels quite rushed, and like you said, Bex, it feels like a TV episode. I've I've seen other people say it's like a pilot, yeah, and, and like for a TV show, and it 
I, I, I get that. Um, the, th- the thing is, I think by the time I got, I, I, I got round to it, there were so many, like, I mean, there were like no reviews of it before it came out. Um, and then when they did, people were just like, it's shit. And I think I just had such lowered expectations that at the end, I, I, I was just like, do you know what? The cast were fine. Um, I thought the kid was great. Yeah, um, yeah, she's very good actually. And and it's it's got this eighties vibe throughout, like stylistically for sure, but also with the general sense of kind of hopelessness. Like I, I weirdly for me, I kind of vibed with the just like things are a bit fucked. It's like the cat bit and then just like right now you've got to finish that cat off and just how okay yeah that does make sense but how just like mean that is Mm. and there are moments of violence in the film and kind of gore which were just like bloody hell you know and there's just this it does feel of a piece with late 80s early 90s horror that kind of has a mean side to it, but is also, as you said, Bex, insubstantial. Mm. But I was kind of okay with that. I mean, like, to be clear, three out of five, you know, like, I'm not saying it's like one of the surprises of the year or anything like that, but compared to what I thought it was going to be, I think my expectations have been set enough that I was just like, yeah, fine. That a carpenter and son and friend like absolutely rip it up with the score. Yeah, the score's fucking great. Um I I mean that massively helps. Um I just you know, that ending where it's just like the guy who'd been against her for the whole fucking film picks her up and walks off on that beach into the darkness, then the credits roll. That just feels like a 80s 90s sci-fi horror kind of like low budget thing mm. and and I, I I just I I vibed with that I I mean I will say like Keith Thomas the director um he he last directed the vigil yeah which um I was another like really low budget Blumhouse one which I caught up with during like covid times and was atmospheric. I thought a very effective. Did you guys ever catch up with that? Vigil. I'm sure we did. Yeah. Just double check. I've not seen. Might it. have reviewed the fucker. Oh, okay, maybe not then. It's yeah, I did. It's a good. It's a good. Claustrophobic, tense little horror, and I could see why Blum would go. Hmm. You've got something here. Let's try you on this. Um, and it, it feels like a film out of time, but also one that feels too low production value to actually be a film. Yeah, it's like, just they're, not they're, quite there, is it? No, no. Uh, despite despite everybody's best efforts, I think that that's. Like this is one where I don't think people were going into it thinking, "Oh, we're making shite here." It it just it just didn't line up. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I, th- I think it just 
I think it's one of those where everything was supposed to be a little bit better. It just, like you say, it just didn't quite land in the way it's supposed to. I I also think it's another example of if COVID didn't happen, would Zach like would the lead actor be in this film? I think I'm fairly certain that. Um... That it was literally because they shot it um, near where he's got a house. <laughs> that, that I mean, that's that's the old Blumhouse way of doing things, mm. where Blum's just like we shoot like where actors live, and it means that everybody can go home and see their family at night instead of having to stay in a hotel. That's what that, that's one of the things that Blum used to say to his actors. It's just like, we're not going to pay you much, but you get points on the back end and you can sleep in your own bed. Mm. And it's like, if f- fair enough. But it does it does really feel like, how the fuck did they get Zephron? Because he didn't have anything in his calendar for two months because of COVID. Yeah, that, that's it. And, you know, he's an old one, Zephron, in the sense that he he's very much kind of gone. I, I, I just I don't really want to do the movie star bit that much anymore because it's not good for me in various ways. He basically admitted that he's that he has too addictive a personality um that it, it ends up causing him problems. So like he had his drink problem, his drug problem, and then when he got clean he got addicted to working out and was like, It's horrible <laughs> and was like it's it's ridiculous how how he said, he said I, the physicality that I had for Beer Watch. You look and go, my God, you know, look at him. He, he looks amazing. He's like I was genuinely that was uncomfortable. It was ill. It was not healthy in any way whatsoever. <laughs> He's like, and I'm never doing it again. <laughs> yeah, I. I don't know. I hope I hope he gets a role that really goes. Here we go. Yeah, I'd even I'd, I'd even take him in the MCU just to give him a bit of a boost at the moment. I'd I, I, I'd like to see him get a role where. And, and do you know what? Randomly, I'd like to see him turn up in something like the next Paul Thomas Anderson film. Oh, that'd be where you know it, it, it's just what something goes because I, I can make this guy work. And it just it ends up being like a completely different fucking lease of life for him. Because if you I mean watch that Netflix show that he did, he seems like a, just a genuinely lovely guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. And it, it I, I, it's just it's very weird seeing him in this. Yeah, it's very odd. Yes, but he's not shit. At all, he's fine. Um, so yeah, me to be, to be honest, I like very very mild, but definitely not shit. I think I'm touching cloth with it. Shit, totally fair. But I give it a three out totally of five. Totally fair. Uh, our audience poll, definitely not shit, zero percent. Touching cloth, thirty percent, and shit, seventy percent. Yeah, all right. 
All right, fine. Um, so that is it for our reviews. Let's have some Twitter questions. Well, I'm going to put up the question I asked first. So I asked, it's Cans 2022. So our question to you this week is, who would you have on your Cans jury? So, Andrew Jones. I see what you've done here, Andrew. He'd have Adam Sandler, Kevin James, Rob Schneider, David Spade, Chris Rock, Salma Hayat, Maya Rudolph, Maria Bella, and Dennis Dugan. Nice. It's the cast from Grown Ups and the director of Grown Ups. Uh, okay. Um, Craig Dawson says, uh, S. Craig Zala, firstly because he would be voting for the most genre films at the festival. Secondly, he doesn't seem to engage in the same finger wagging that most of the industry does. Um, and Rick Kidd says, Carpenter, Tarantino, Peel, Nolan, Gerwig, Miyazaki, Cameron, Ritchie, Herzog. They all make such different films, the conversations would be fascinating. Yeah, that's a good one, that one. Go on. Mm. Here we go, guys. That's a very good one. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I'll go with Rick's. Rick sounds good. <laughs> Rick sounds good. Yeah. Fair enough. Ian, who are you, who are you having? Uh, Mike Myers, Dana Carvey, John Candy, uh, Andy Sandberg, um, uh, Will Ferrell, uh, Paul Rudd. Um, I just want a bunch of funny people to watch can films and treat them with both the respect that a lot of them will deserve and the disdain that a lot of them will deserve. I, I also admire you picking somebody that's been dead for 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, absolutely. Bring him back. Bring him back. Um, I mean, I'd like. I, I would like Craig Zala. The thing is, our, 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 the answers we've had contain two of the people I would have chosen. Go on, Craig Zala and Adam Sandler would be a genuine one for me. Yeah, the guy fucking loves movies. Has had a fascinating career, but would also. Wouldn't approach it with any kind of pretensions. Fair enough. You know, he would turn up as the Sandman. <laughs> he really would, though. Yeah. And also throwing someone like, random, like Joseph Gordon-Levitt into that as well. Yeah? Yeah. I don't know. I think... I don't know. I think he'd be, he'd be good in the sense that he'd lean into it like a motherfucker. Too nice, though. Yeah, but I think he'd he'd lean into it too much. He's he's too into whatever the thing is that he's working on. <laughs> it's very much that. He also looks fucking good in a suit, though. He does. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. I'd also want Ryan Reynolds and um, Jake Gyllenhaal, but to bring the same energy that they did when they were um, doing the press for Life. <laughs> oh, that yeah. would do. Yeah, it's <laughs> very specific, but I dig it. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, that'd be mine. Uh, let's what we, questions have we had? Let's find them. Let's find them. Uh, I need to find them. I'm gonna film by saying I need to find them whilst trying to find them. Um. Ethan Barr says, favourite movie titles of all time? 
Uh, deathbed, the bed that eats. <laughs> That's a fucking good one. That's a good one. Um, my son, my son, what have ye done? It's Stands good. out for me. I like stupid ones. I like the names they give to like the stupid B-movies, like the Sharknado. Sharknado, like yeah. yeah. Puns. Yeah, punny ones. <laughs> or the ones where like, they use the number four, because it's the fourth movie, but as four. <laughs> Fair enough. Like the fast what about What, what about... To do quite funny. What about Leonard Part Six? <laughs> Can I just throw in snakes on a plane? Snakes on a plane is good. Yeah, like three literal ones. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I do love the names. Though. I don't know. Some of these stupid fucking like Mega Shark versus Nuclear Octopus and stuff like that. Uh, ice Shark. Ice Shark, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that we watched. We did. It's good. It wasn't. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Leonard Part Six does star Bill Cosby, but it is pretty funny. I mean, like IMDb synopsis for it is: Special Agent Leonard Parker is called out of retirement to save the world from evil genius Medusa Johnson, and it's basically as if Bill Cosby had starred in five other films. <laughs> Starring his character Leonard, but the first one that they actually made was Leonard Part Six. That that's that's a pretty it, good I'd, joke. I'd go for it. <laughs> yeah, so so would I. But I mean, like you know, fair play. That's a pretty good joke. Yeah, I'll go for that. Um... And and de- deathbed the bed that eats. If you two haven't seen death, I have seen it. Yeah. Oh, God. Fucking hell. Um, right next question Uh, Andrew Jones um, you're tasked with an 80s or 70s retro IP to bring into the modern day what one is it and how do you do that I've got one first one that came to my mind when I read the question I got the notification through was um, Adventures in Babysitting all right. Did they do like a sequel of that on Disney Plus? Oh well, fuck them then. Have, have I imagined that? Or did they do a remake of it recently on Disney Plus? I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Right, let's have a look. Disney Plus. Disney Plus. Enter on my what is that? By the way, mine is the raccoons, but it's doing a documentary style, right? Where people have to, where a documentary crew go and try and find the raccoons for where they've all retired to. That'd be amazing. <laughs> That'd be amazing. And it's, it's like it's like all the raccoons have kind of gone like into like have, have essentially become like like recluses, and they've got to try and find them to get them back for a TV special that is like you know, like one like the, the Friends reunion or anything like that, like a raccoons reunion. Do you know what's part of me that really wishes Edward like do like a new raccoons either movie or tv series but i think what it is 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 i just want them to fucking put the raccoons on something yep. eventually babysitting fucking knobheads uh but better than that that just looks like it's just fucking stage school kids i'm gonna watch that of course you are a- a- anything 
anything that's like a raccoons remake the entire score just needs to be made up of bits of run with us yeah <laughs> just just loads of different artists covering run with us <laughs> but like from wildly different genres like but like the long goodbye where throughout it it's people singing the song the long goodbye but in various different styles except with this it's run with us yeah I mean, but the thing, the thing. However, however, I don't think you would get better than the original. That's the problem. No, you wouldn't. But that, but that at the end when they've finally got all the raccoons back together, there, and it's the special, and it's like literally the raccoons. Um, the the end of the movie is them just about to walk on stage and then it's just the opening credits to the fucking raccoons. Yeah. Just on a fucking big screen with that fucking song going and then it just ends. But... And then there's a thing that says raccoons original series dropping soon on Disney Plus. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, shit. What was the... The the song at the opening titles of the raccoons was different from the closing credits though, wasn't it? It was, yeah. It was just like the... It was like a... It was just a generic... It's like an instrumental. Yeah. Yeah. I love that I, show so much. Was, I think it's all on YouTube. Was it was it Noel who put run the run with us music video in the boy chat a little while back? I think it was me. <laughs> oh, was it you? Yeah, it yeah. might have been actually. God fucking hell, what a tune. It's fucking Christ. great. Um seventies uh, or eighties IP to bring into the modern day. I'll I'll be honest honestly, before I said the long goodbye, I was actually like talking about the longer vibe of the song, I was actually thinking about that for this. I know it's not necessarily a seventies or eighties IP because it's like Marlowe, but I would like a modern day remake of the Long Goodbye starring Paul Rudd. That would really work. Paul Rudd in a Long Goodbye remake directed by Paul Thomas Anderson. Oh fuck! Yep. Oh, I mean, I want to do that fucking that gif of um, Leonardo DiCaprio biting down on his knuckles. <laughs> the thing is, you could you could see that working and happening so well. <laughs> oh, that would fucking roll! It really would. It'd be so good. Cool. Uh, I think. Wait, I think we have one more question. Actually, yeah, uh, Rick King. This week I got a ticket for a stage production of My Neighbour Totoro, happening later this year. So what film would you most like to see a stage production of, if any? The Thing. <laughs> that would be great. Oh, fucking My Neighbour Totoro on stage, that'd be amazing. Can I just have the Simpsons musical version of Planet of the Apes? <laughs> Oh, I hate every chimp I see from chimpanzee to chimpanzee. <laughs> never make a monkey out of me. That's a fuck. Oh my god, the, I was wrong. wrong. It was it wrong. was a all, all along. along. You finally, you finally made a monkey. Yes, we finally made a monkey. Oh, you finally made a monkey out of me. I love you, Doctor Zeus. Oh fuck. That was fucking genius that was. 
I just like the Doctor Zayas one. Just Doctor Zayas, Doctor Zayas, Doctor Zayas, Doctor Zayas, Doctor Zayas, Doctor Zayas. Oh, Doctor Zayas, Doctor Zayas, Doctor Zayas. Sorry. That's that's it for our questions. That is maybe the best episode of The Simpsons ever because it ends with that um, Kent Brockman talking about what um, what Troy McClure is doing next. It's like the con- fantabulous adventures of Doctor Man, whatever it is. And all I can think of is Robert De Niro post Iron Man doing Doolittle is that. <laughs> Just... Yeah. Oh, glorious. Okay, next week uh, we got Top Gun Maverick. Damn right we do. Hell yeah, we do. So uh, we got to record Hollow Man. So I'm going to say goodbye and thank you, Mark. Uh, goodbye and thank you, Ian. Goodbye and thank you, Becky. Goodbye and thank you, Ian. And listener, get the fuck out.